Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So last night was debate on Bill 9, not Bill Nye. That's something different. Bill 9, uh, the Protecting Choice for Women Accessing Health Care Act. This is essentially what's known as the bubble zone legislation. So it would establish an access zone of 50 meters around an abortion clinic in Alberta. So protesting, interfering with, intimidating a patient, physician, or service provider would be banned. So too would uh, taking photographs, filming, making any other visual or audio recording of a patient, physician, or service provider. And you could not distribute any of those photos or any other recordings of someone within the bubble zone. Now, look, I'm not going to deny that there have been issues at uh, abortion clinics in Alberta with protesters going a little too far. And certainly these clinics have been asking for this kind of legislation. B.C. has it. Ontario has it. I mean, if this were a pressing issue, though, it might make you wonder why the Alberta government's waited, what, um, almost three years to, to bring it in. Uh, but fine, fair enough. They believe this is necessary. Let's have a debate about this bill. Unfortunately, the official opposition doesn't want to do that. It's not because they like the bill or that they don't like the bill. I don't know what they feel about the bill. I guess the UCP has decided we just don't want to touch this. So they've not participated in the debate. Once again, last night, they walked out and they're not going to vote on this. Now, I don't know if a UCP government would rescind this, would change it. I have no idea. Because I think there are some legitimate concerns to be raised here. And it's disappointing that the opposition has chosen not to do so. Uh, so I guess the job of opposing this has fallen to uh, one person, uh, independent conservative MP, Derek, or MLA rather, Derek Fildebrand represents Strathmore Brooks, was uh, indeed there for the debate and the vote last night. Derek, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, have, uh, has, was there a vote last night, by the way? Uh, there was. Uh, we've had several states. Uh, we're into what is now called Committee of the Whole, which is uh, Latin for... Um, the stage of the uh, of the bill where you can amend its details, and so uh, so far there have been three votes on it. One was uh, my original amendment uh, to the bill, which was to to broaden its scope so that this wouldn't be focused on uh, abortion clinics, but it'd just be more focused around protecting people from harassment or being photographed or blocked from entering buildings. Period. When there's a protest. Uh, there was a vote on that, of which I was the only member of the legislature to vote against it and the only conservative in the House. There was a vote on uh, the in- initial approval of the bill in principle, which is called second reading, uh, again, of which I was the only conservative in the House and the only dissenting vote. And yesterday, um, while everybody else was sleeping uh, late at night, the NDP brought forward an amendment to their own bill, which is not a very common thing for governments to do with their own bills. Right. They brought forward an amendment to their bill because I guess they thought the opposition was sleeping, and they tripled the size of the bubble zone. So 
Uh, again, I was the only uh, member of the legislature to vote against that. Well, so wait a uh, second. So the, it's, the it's, only conservative to debate it. It's now 150 meters. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it is. So this, so this is unfortunately wow. what happens when uh, the opposition doesn't show up for work. Uh, is you know, the government, especially when there's a majority government, they always get their way. They don't lose votes in our system. It's not like the American system where, you know, conceivably people might vote freely. Uh, the government always gets its way. But right. at the very least, the opposition needs to be there on duty, holding the government to account, asking questions. And because that wasn't happening and I was the only conservative in the entire legislature there, uh, the government felt it could get away with tripling the size of this uh, so-called bubble zone. Yeah, that's crazy. I hadn't heard that. Um, so, look, obviously you, you're outside of the UCP caucus at the moment, so you're not privy to those conversations. But what, what's your sense then of, of why they've decided to, to check out on this debate? You know, I, I think it's uh, it's got to be tact- tactics and politics. Uh, I know for a fact, uh, you know, there's really good people in that caucus who I know for a fact actually want to be in the legislature debating and voting on this, but they don't have a choice and whipped uh, by the party brass, they've so that you know in the UCP caucus there are pro-lifers and there are pro-choicers, and uh, and then a host of people who have more moderate opinions that fall somewhere along the spectrum, uh, and then some people who probably don't even you know who don't think about this every day, um, but at the very least uh, you know there, there is a broad spectrum, and you know from the Reform Party and the Wild Rose tradition we've always believed uh, in. That so uh, votes on social policies, you know, be it gay marriage when that was happening, or abortion, or on. For, for me, this isn't even an abortion issue. This is more of balancing, protecting people from harassment and freedom of expression and assembly. Uh, but on these kinds of social issues, there's been a tradition in the conservative movement, especially in Alberta, but also federally, of having free votes. And there's no longer free votes on social issues, be it Bill 24, where if you disagreed with it, you were asked to stay out of the house. Uh, or in this case, regardless of how you feel about it, they're not allowed to be in the House to debate or vote on it. And, and I, can, I can see in the eyes of some of my colleagues in the UCP that uh, they don't look happy about being ordered to run in and out of the House like a rat race. Oh, yeah. Um, look, I, I get the issue that, you know, people who work at these clinics or make use of these clinics, they, they don't deserve to be harassed. And I understand the, the impetus to protect them from that kind of harassment. But I think we got to respect free speech on the other side of it. So you would propose some amendments to this bill. What, what were you looking to have addressed? Yeah. So, you know, the way I, I, I I'm a moderate on this issue. I, I, I don't think the vast majority of Canadians are at either of these extremes where you're either you hate women or you're a child murderer. I think the vast majority of Canadians fall somewhere along a very broad, broad spectrum with a lot of gray area. Uh, for me, uh, this issue, I, I try not to let it be clouded by any views on the abortion topic. If you ever want to ruin a perfectly good conversation between two civil people, bring it up. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's about, you know, as legislators, we're always balancing rights that, you know, when we're dealing with any issue, it's never just about one right. It's not only about freedom of speech. It's not only about freedom of assembly. And it's not only about security of the person and women's rights. It's balancing rights in a very Canadian way, as laid out in the Charter. And so I'm sympathetic to the idea that, um, you know, the people should not be 
harassed or photographed or uh, in any way uh, impeded from going to an abortion clinic at such a, a sensitive time. Frankly, I think the overwhelming majority of even pro-life activists don't agree with these kinds of protests. It's not compassionate or Christian uh, at all. But um, we still have to respect the rights of freedom of speech and assembly of people we disagree with. Uh, as the quote attributed, however incorrectly, to Voltaire is, you know, I may disagree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. So what I proposed was that we pull the bill back and reintroduce it so that it applies to everyone equally. Uh, abortion clinics might be a particularly sensitive and important topic, but I don't believe that any piece of legislation should ever focus in and target a group because of their social political beliefs. And in this case, the government's obviously um, not big fans of, of pro-lifers, and, that, and that's, that's their right to be so. But I, So what I wanted to do is pull it back, broaden the scope so that it applies to everybody. If you're, you know, it might not be as serious to the people facing it, but say you're a construction worker going to a pipeline uh, construction site, uh, you shouldn't face people actively standing in your way, blocking you. You shouldn't be harassed. You should have a right, but the other people do have a right to protest, though. We need to right. reasonably balance that, and I don't believe this legislation fits it. I don't think so either. You know, one, one aspect that concerns me, because this, this buffer zone is obviously going to include uh, roads that go past these clinics. So if somebody who has um, a pro-life bumper sticker or even a religious bumper sticker on their vehicle, and they're driving past the clinic with no intention of protesting or harassing anyone, I mean, would, would they be caught in this net? It's very difficult to enforce something like this. I mean, it would have, what if you're walking past wearing a pro-life T-shirt? Right, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's very difficult to enforce this kind of thing. Frankly, there are already court injunctions in place that, that uh, protect this. You know, my, my wife used to live in Kensington, very, uh, pretty close to where the clinic is in Calgary there. And, uh, you know, she could, there have been protests there, but they are not a regular occurrence. And one of my fears is that at least in the short term, this could spark actually more protests there as people get their back up against the wall. Uh, people who wouldn't be predisposed to do this in the first place, but might say the government's got no business telling me that I can't do this. So there, there might be at least in the short term, more protests. It's very difficult to enforce. And frankly, it's just going to create a bit of a martyr complex that, this bill just targets one group of a very small group of people, but it, it, it creates a, a martyr complex here. So either we just rely on court injunctions on an ad hoc basis, or if we're going to have legislation around this, it should apply equally to everybody to protect people from harassment and abuse, but also to balance that in a very fair way with these freedoms of expression and association. Right. You know, and this, I mean... <laughs> So it, it says protesting. So what if somebody is holding a sign that said, support a woman's right to choose? Or what if somebody was holding a sign that said, uh, staff of these clinics should be paid more? I mean, does it does it include all protesting? Uh, yeah, it's it's very difficult to say. Like, what if hypothetically the staff of the clinic were on strike and picketing? Right. Um, you know, unionized picketers have a very long tradition of blocking entrances to anywhere that they're picketing. So, you know, this is the problem when you're when you're focusing on 
uh, legislating to a specific group. You know, when the when the Roman Republic uh, first codified their laws, they they cast them, uh, if I'm not incorrect, to 13 bronze tablets, and they made up kind of a quasi constitution of laws. They're a very primitive charter of rights, if you will. And one of those was that they could not pass laws uh, targeted at a specific person. Now, they actually ended up doing that in the end. Uh, the Romans weren't exactly consistent. But it's an important principle of, uh, of our freedoms and the rule of law that you don't pass laws that say, uh, we don't like X group because they're unpopular or are not consistent with the ideology of the day. And this is something political parties in power do all the time. They assume that they will always be in power, that they will pass laws targeting their opposition, assuming that they will never be the opposition. And, you know, fair enough, in Alberta, uh, if you were the government, you might think in the past that you'll rule forever. But I think it'd be a, a bit presumptuous of the NDP to believe that they're going to rule for another 44 years. And they're not going to be in a very strong position if they're ever by some chance, not the government anymore, to protest and say you are pressing a minority that just doesn't happen to agree with the government of the day. Yeah. So when, when is third reading expected on this bill then? Well, it'll be some time because I've got uh, I've got a significant number of more amendments to come forward. Um, so we're still in. Uh, I, I'm sure, you know it, as as even an informed listener probably isn't familiar with the advanced stages of how a bill goes through. Uh, and I'll, I'll just say as a side note, I think every MLA should serve a mandatory six months as an independent because you actually learn the way the place really works. So when you're in a caucus, uh, there's a much bigger team to help you through. And, I, and I've learned a heck of a lot about how, how this really works. But um, we're in the stage where you can really amend the details of the bill. And that's called Committee of the Whole. And I've got a significant number of, uh, of amendments coming forward. Uh, some of which are kind of technical in nature that are just trying to make this better worded legislation, and some of which I think are trying to just make it better legislation in terms of its general direction, limiting the size of the bubble zones, uh, limiting, making some, I, I think, reasonable uh, liberty-based uh, amendments. That's going to go on probably for a few days. Uh, I don't expect that we would get to third reading until at least sometime late next week. But, um, you know, it's never too late to do the right thing. I think that um, it was an error uh, for the UCP to decide that they're not going to have anything to do with this. I think that the appropriate way forward was if you can't find unanimity in caucus, and I don't think you would find it on an issue like this, it's just to allow a free vote. Let people stand up and vote uh, according to their own personal conscience in consultation with their constituents. Now, they probably don't want to change their minds at this point, but I don't think it's it's too late for them to to be a part of the debate and uh, and actually join us because I think if if we're deliberately skipping votes, we're just we're not doing our job. All right, more at DerekFildebrand.ca. Uh, Derek, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Rob. Thanks. All right, take care. Uh, Derek Fildebrandt, uh, independent or independent conservative MLA for Strathmore Brooks. And say what you will about him, at least he's there proposing changes to this bill and, and arguing, I think, for some important points. And here's the thing. I mean, even if the UCP thinks this is a trap set by the NDP, the end result is going to be a new law. Will the UCP change that law? Will they repeal it? Are they going to leave it as it is? They should at least be able to answer that question. 
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.